Hello, this is Scott Bisbee with Ops Fitness Podcast. This is episode 24. Now, my guest uh, this week, I had no idea I would get him and I was blown away. Uh, this is the fire chief for Edmonton Fire. His name is Ken Block. Ken, thank you so much for doing this, and I hope you guys all enjoy it. Thanks. Welcome to Ops Fitness Podcast with your host, Scott Bisbee. Hello, everyone. This is Ops Fitness Podcast with your hosts, Scott Bisbee and Edmonton Fire Chief Ken Block. Ken, how are you? I'm very well, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, the weather in Edmonton is fantastic, eh? Edmonton's a beautiful city. Yeah, I just uh, moved here in uh, January. I was actually in uh, Cold Lake uh, in the military, and I um, moved down to Brooks for a few years. But uh, I just forgot how beautiful Edmonton is. Well, welcome to Edmonton, Scott. We're glad that you made the move. Thank you. Thank you. So can you uh, tell me a little a bit about yourself, uh, Chief? Uh, how long have you been a firefighter for? Yeah, By all means, Scott. So I joined Edmonton Fire Rescue 38 years ago. So I started on May the 20th of 1980. Wow. Awesome. And um, what made you uh, become a firefighter? You know, that, that's a really good question. And, and I don't know if, if there was any one thing that motivated me to apply other than I've always uh, liked to help people with problems. And I just think I was looking for a, a career uh, opportunity. And uh, the more I read about being a, a firefighter, uh, the more people I met that uh, knew a bit about the uh, occupation, uh, I just began to uh, be drawn to it. Nice, nice. And I uh, I think I uh, watched a thing on Global News uh, probably uh, six or seven uh, months ago during the anniversary of the Edmonton tornado. I think you had a little uh, bit of a speech in it. And uh, did you say you grew up in Calgary? Uh, no, no, I'm actually from uh, Eastern Alberta. Okay. Uh, yeah, a little a little town called Paradise Valley, which is uh, about halfway between Lloydminster and Wainwright. Okay, right on. So, uh, what did your parents do while uh, you were growing up? So, my father was an entrepreneur. He had his own business. Uh, it was actually a, a a garage or a repair shop, if you will. And uh, along with that business, he had some school buses, and he also had a, a bulk uh, petroleum uh, delivery company. So uh, he sold farm fuels uh, to uh, the local farmers. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I have a brand new respect for uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, when I got out of the military, I opened up a personal training studio in Brooks, and I ran it for uh, five years, and it was great. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we love small business and uh, we certainly try to support them here in Edmonton. Nice. Awesome. So can, can you discuss uh, what a health and wellness program is and why it is so important for firefighters? Because it's not just uh, exercise and eating healthy. It's more than that, correct? It truly is, uh, Scott, and it's a great question. So the health and wellness program that we've uh, adopted here in Edmonton is uh, too is too faceted, if, if I could put it that way. So uh, there there is a you know consideration for physical well being, so good diet, uh, good exercise, uh, things like that, controlling your stress. And there, there's also an aspect of it that speaks to the mental well-being of our uh, of our staff. Uh, for me, uh, you know, our health and wellness uh, program is important because the focus is on raising awareness of the importance of uh, both physical and uh, mental uh, health, uh, reducing the stigma of uh, perhaps being impacted by uh, mental health issues and really uh, working to enhance the resiliency or improve the resiliency uh, you know, of, of our staff, of our firefighters when it comes to coping uh, with the rigors and the pressures of being a professional firefighter. Uh, our staff are, are really uh, faced with some uh, unbelievably stressful emergency events. And it's very important that we equip them with the tools to, to cope with uh, what they uh, are exposed to and to deal with it. Nice. And can you uh, explain what some of these uh, programs are? Uh, certainly. So, you know, let me deal with the mental wellness uh, piece. Um, you know, we have two programs that we focused on. Uh, one is called uh, Mental Health First Aid. And the other one is called Road to Mental Readiness. Uh, both of these programs were actually uh, uh, certified, if you will, by the Canadian Mental Health Commission. And so they've, they've been uh, vetted uh, by professionals. And uh, really, they, they were the best two programs that, that we could find uh, available uh, that we felt would serve the needs of our, of our firefighting uh, uh, staff. Right on, right on. So, uh, what uh, what makes it that uh, Edmonton's uh, health and wellness program for the fire department is is one of the best, or if the best in all of North America? Well, we we take great pride in our staff, and so Scott, the way I like to put it is is the best asset, the best resource that we have with Edmonton Fire Rescue are the men and women. Uh, you know, that, that uh, wear the uniform. And so uh, we need to look after uh, those folks. Uh, they're out there serving our public. Uh, they're going into situations that others are, are fleeing from. And we need to equip them and, and uh, look after uh, their best interests so that they continue uh, to do their work. And so I think what separates us from perhaps a lot of organizations is that right from the top down, we support uh, our health and wellness programs. And we have a, a coordinated approach that I, I'm, I'm very proud of uh, with our labor uh, union. And so, uh, you know, our labor management uh, 
joint health and wellness program is really designed with, with the best interests of the men and women of Edmonton Fire Rescue. And, and really, that's what sets us apart. Uh, we've developed a, a steering uh, committee that's made up of both uh, management and the union. And it's really designed uh, to deliver, uh, you know, the type of, of support services that our staff need uh, to, to stay healthy. And, you know, uh, they deliver this great level of service and we need to keep them healthy and, and uh, with the hopes that, you know, they'll uh, serve their 30 year plus career and retire uh, to, uh, you know, a, a healthy retirement uh, I think that's what sets us apart. That that's really uh, terrific because yeah, that uh, cancer epidemic uh, going on in the firefighting world is kind of uh, sad and bad. But uh, yeah, um, speaking of that, um, let's uh, go into um, fighting a, a structure fire. I know around ten years ago. Uh, all we did was uh, we just uh, washed our bunker gear, but now it's a lot more than that. I see it's like uh, coming out of a hazmat area where they uh, kind of decontaminate you, they uh, put the hose on you, and so forth. Does uh, Edmonton File have something like that in place? No, we, we certainly do, Scott. And another really good question, and so the uh, the, the building materials of the structures that we uh, work and live in uh, have changed dramatically over the years, uh, as have the furnishings and the finishings uh, w- within a home. And, and so there's uh, so much engineered lumber. There are so many synthetics now that are used. And, uh, you know, the, the products of, of combustion, the smoke that emanates off of, of these new building materials and finishing materials, are very carcinogenic. And so uh, they contain uh, an amazing amount of, of cyanide, uh, gas, of benzene, all of which are proven to be uh, cancer-causing agents. And you know, the fire service has, has received tremendous support by our elected officials. And by that, Scott, I mean that uh, Alberta is a real leader in uh, the establishment of, of heart injury, cancer, and now post-traumatic stress disorder uh, in recognizing them as occupational illnesses uh, of uh, uh, the, the uh, career of a firefighter. And, and so now that we know how risky and how dangerous these exposures are, uh, we've taken it upon ourselves to, to try to get ahead of the curve with, uh, again, protecting our staff. And so, you know, some of the strategies around that have been uh, making sure that we have uh, two sets of turnout gear for everyone. Yeah. And so that when, when our firefighters are exposed uh, in a structure fire, as an example, and their gear becomes contaminated, uh, we do set up uh, a hot zone to decontaminate them. And then uh, we bag uh, their, their uh, turnout gear. And we send it out to an independent service provider who professionally, uh, industrially cleans it and ensures that it's fully decontaminated. The second set of gear is what the folks would would uh, uh, depend on uh, after the first set is contaminated. So we, we've taken a lot of very positive steps uh, to, uh, you know, to number one, 
acknowledge uh, the risk of contamination on the fire scene. And number two, uh, you know, positive measures in, in how to limit uh, the exposure of, of our staff. That's really excellent. Um, firefighters aren't going to be called uh, smoke eaters anymore because you, you really can't do that in, in these days. Because uh, like you said, uh, 30, 40 years ago, it was just ordinary combustibles. But now uh, all these other kinds of chemicals are in it. Absolutely. Very toxic chemicals. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the science will show that, that firefighters are uh, uh, more likely to experience certain specific uh, cancers uh, between one and a half and, and four times the rate of the general population. Uh, that's why it was so important to, to have these cancers recognized as being uh, occupational uh, risks. Uh, for firefighters. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I saw a, a headline from uh, Underwater Laboratories of Canada. I didn't click on the article, but it basically said that it takes um, a house now. I'm not sure if this is uh, true or false, but it takes a house now to be uh, fully involved in uh, 35 minutes because of the fire suppressant materials in it. There's an incredible amount of energy uh, stored within the building materials used to uh, to both construct and furnish a house. Uh, it's absolutely amazing, Scott, how quickly uh, that heat is released and how quickly uh, a, house, a house can be consumed by fire uh, if there's not an effective uh, response time and an effective uh, uh, strategy and tactics put in place to... Uh, uh, to extinguish the fire. Yeah, I could I could definitely see uh, both sides of the fence. There was a structure fire near uh, uh, Rogers Place uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, you guys did an excellent job of uh, knocking it down just in time because it was uh, really, really close to uh, two other houses. And... Uh, the two other houses just received uh, a little bit of radiation damage, but yeah, it was an excellent job. So I could see there why they need to have more fire suppressant materials, but it's a slippery slope. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, uh, I'll throw a shout out uh, out there for our firefighters. They do a tremendous job under some very trying uh, situations, but they, they're really good at what they do. And, uh, you know, if, if we're given a chance, if we arrive in a timely manner uh, before the fire is too far advanced, we're very effective at, at mitigating the damage. Right on. That's excellent. Um, so um, if, uh, if someone is uh, listening uh, to this podcast, Firefighter that uh, wants to become an officer or wants to become uh, a fire chief like you, how would they go about doing it? So in Edmonton, Scott, we, we have a recruiting uh, drive every year. And so we'll post for folks that are interested in applying uh, to become a firefighter every March. And uh, we'll begin a, an intake process and there are some basic qualifications uh, that you need to prepare yourself and be ready for. And uh, there are about 
six different stages to our recruitment process. Uh, annually, it runs from uh, about April. Uh, so we post in March. Uh, the first, uh, the first uh, event, I guess, or, or the first uh, uh, part of the process is called an aptitude test. Uh, where uh, you know you uh, you write an exam, essentially a multiple choice exam, uh, to see if you have the uh, the right aptitude uh, to become a firefighter, and then you progress on through the stages, and uh, we create an eligibility list that is uh, finalized about in November of every year, and that creates our eligibility list uh, for hiring the following year, and so we we do this on an annual basis. And so there's lots of opportunity for folks. I would encourage them to go online and uh, see what the qualifications are. And uh, if they have an interest in, as I, as your first question was, what motivated me, if they have an interest in, in uh, engaging in a, a career, a profession that's, that's totally team-based and that's totally about helping individuals, helping uh, the public, uh, then while... Uh, the fire service would be a tremendous uh, consideration uh, for your listeners out there. And I would really encourage them, explore what the qualifications are. Ask yourself if, if that's something that uh, that you might want to uh, uh, dedicate, I guess, your professional life to. And then prepare yourself and, and uh, see uh, where you end up. That's great. Um, as I'm talking to you right now, uh, you guys are doing a fitness test at uh, University of Alberta. It kind of looks like the same fitness test uh, that I did in, in the military as a firefighter. It was pretty fun. Yeah, I, I bet it's very close. And, and so our, our physical uh, testing are based on bona fide or job-related tasks. And, uh, uh, you know, it is fun. And Wow, for uh, young men and women that are in, in uh, really good physical condition, uh, they, they would just enjoy it, uh, you know. And, and again, I would encourage people uh, that have an interest and are, are uh, you know, in good physical condition and have that aptitude to help people to be a part of something much bigger than themselves uh, to give it a shot. Awesome. And uh, somebody that's a firefighter right now, uh, in any department that wants to uh, climb the next rung, so to speak, what advice would you give give them? Oh, I would again uh, ask that they familiarize themselves with uh, our requirements and don't hesitate to apply. Uh, you know, we uh, we're privileged in that many firefighters from other municipalities across Canada actually uh, apply. Uh, to be an Edmonton firefighter, and, and of course, many are successful, and uh, that's fantastic. Uh, we love having uh, uh, folks that are in the business already uh, compete and, and uh, earn that uh, opportunity here in Edmonton as well. Awesome. Great. So uh, this is um, a few other questions here. How has failure or pelling failure set you up for later success, Chief? And do you have a favorite failure of yours? So, you know, I must say, uh, Scott, I, I'm an eternal optimist. And, and so uh, I never uh, uh, dwell on, on failures, but, but I'll tell you what I, what I do and what has served me well. And, and I view life as a journey of peaks and valleys. 
And uh, kind of where I come from is, uh, you know, when you're at the apex of a peak on your journey, uh, don't get too carried away with yourself or too high on yourself. And, you know, we all have valleys in our journey as well. And uh, when we're in one of those downtimes or valleys, uh, I've found that it's really important not to be too hard on yourself, you know. And uh, success to me is focusing on the, the bigger, longer picture and uh, trying to eliminate the peaks and valleys as much as you can and, and uh, you know, stay on a, a constant uh, progression. And, you know, I always say that if you can visualize it, it it'll happen for you. You need to be positive and, uh, again, focus on the positives in your life. Don't get too high on yourself when things are going great, but certainly don't beat yourself up when when you, you hit a bump in the road. And you know what, Scott, we all stub our toe. Uh, we all have bumps, you know, in, you know, in the road, uh, you know, along our journey. Uh, I think that's the best way I can answer that question. No, no, that's great. So uh, keep a level, level head at all times. Yeah, you, perfect. Yeah. So uh, in the last five years, Chief, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? You know, I'll, I always look, Scott, for the good in people. Uh, often, you know, we're a bit biased. It may be a bit of an unconscious bias with perceptions of, of, of people. And uh, what I found in my life is that if you give people the benefit of the doubt, uh, often they'll surprise you, right? Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, that's that's what I hang on to is, is not not dwelling on uh, perhaps some perception that that you may have uh, when you first meet someone or first uh, encounter them, but give them a chance and and uh, look for look for the good in in what they're doing. Nice, nice. I uh, kind of took this next question from uh, Tim Ferriss podcast. I'm not sure if you uh, listen to uh, Tim Ferriss podcast, but uh, he asks uh, the best questions out there. So if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? I love that question. So my billboard, Scott, would say take a breath and focus and it'll be okay. So often, uh, you know, we get caught up in day to day and, and we can get a little emotional. And, uh, you know, again, what's worked for me in my life is, is just take that breath and, and uh, just refocus yourself. Don't be emotional. Don't make decisions when you're emotional. So, that giant billboard for, for me would say, take a breath. Awesome. So you probably answered my next question then. Uh, when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? You take a breath, right? <laughs> you got it. You, you answered for me. Uh, take a <laughs> breath, re- reflect, and don't assume the worst. The sun's going to come up tomorrow, guaranteed. Awesome. Great. That's uh, really great advice. So um, now, what would you? What advice would you give to a smoke-driven kid that wants to become a first uh, responder? No matter if it's in the military, fire, police, or paramedic. Oh, I, I would say uh, go for it. Uh, follow your dream. Uh, you know, 
what's worked for for me in my career is is uh, the notion of never closing any doors uh, that may be open to you. And I, I truly believe, Scott, that 100% of the opportunities that you don't pursue will never be realized. So again, if you can visualize it and you really want it, go for it and it'll happen. Nice, nice. Um, the last uh, part of the podcast, this is called No Bull. So it's going to be rapid fire questions, just uh, one or two uh, world responses, okay? Yeah. Awesome. What's your best purchase under $100? You know, sometimes when I take a breath and reflect, I like to have a drink of scotch. So <laughs> I would say a, a nice $80 bottle of scotch. Perfect. Glenn Fittich? Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite exercise? Since this is a fitness podcast, I got to talk about fitness a little, a little bit. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm, I'm really a team-oriented person, so I love team sports, and I've played them all, uh, you know, essentially. I, I'm getting a little older now, so, uh, you know, I, I love to get out with a, a, gol- a foursome on the golf course as well, and and have a little bit of a competition out there, but uh, anything involving sports and uh, other players. So I, I'm not so much into individual sports, uh, but more sports involving others. Nice. Um, what are your top three favorite books? You know, that's really hard for me to to name three, uh, but I love autobiography, autobiographies. So whether it's a, a sports personality, uh, a business person, a military leader, uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, I just love uh, reading autobiographies. Nice. We uh, basically read the same stuff. Uh, not sure if you heard of this uh, one book, but you got to read it. It's by uh, Jocko, uh, I can't pronounce the last name, Willink. He was a former... Uh, Navy SEAL, and it's an excellent leadership book. Well, thank you for that. I, I'll watch for it. And no problem. So, uh, Beatles or Elvis? Oh, man, that's a tough choice, Scott. Uh, yeah. Again, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Beatles. Nice. Uh, pretty classic group. Yeah. Yeah, can't go wrong there. Uh, what's your favorite song? Well, so I'm a bit of a rock and roll uh, guy, you know, and I'm also a Canadian content guy. And I got to tell you, I loved uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Oh, yeah. And Taking Taking Care of Business is a song that uh, I, I enjoy every time I hear it. Awesome. I was going to peg you as a country guy, but uh, I'm glad I'm wrong. I, I like both country and rock. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you like um, American football or the NHL? Or CFL, NFL, or NHL, sorry. Well, you know, I, so I'm a hockey guy, uh, but I'm also a football guy, so I, I'll rank them for you. How's that? Nice. I, I would go NHL first, CFL second, and NFL third. Nice. We uh, actually live uh, probably 15 minutes away from uh, uh, where the Eskimos play, and uh, I think I'm going to become a fan. <laughs> oh, they're awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So uh, that's basically the uh, end of the podcast. I know uh, you're a really busy individual, and I wanted to thank you so much, Chief, for coming on the podcast. Is there any parting remarks that you would like to say? You know, Scott, I just really uh, have appreciated our conversation, and I and, uh, just want to thank you for reaching out and the opportunity to, uh, to participate. Uh, uh, my first podcast ever, and uh, I've enjoyed it. So thank you very much. Well, uh, thank you, Chief, and it's an honor for you to say that. It means a lot. And uh, how can any uh, anybody uh, get a hold of you uh, for a question or whatnot, or can they uh, uh, get a hold of Ed- Edmonton File? Uh, by all means. So uh, my email is ken.block at edmonton.ca and uh, I have a Twitter account uh, at Yeg Fire Chief. Awesome. Great. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Chief, and I'll see everyone in a few weeks. Thanks.